Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app on ESPN 1000. And now on FM at 100.3 HD2. Now, now, now. On Chicago's home for sports. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Three hurts. Runs out of the pocket, looking for a deep Devontae Smith. One hander. It's the end. He's got it. First and goal, Philadelphia. Second and goal. And it off. Sanders walks in. Touchdown, Eagles. Out of fake pressure coming. Purdy, Jack Foley in the air. It is. Is it picked? No. Hit the ground. Is there more magic now with your fourth string quarterback? Here's Johnson, about to tell us. Pressure comes, Rose has been taken down by Javon Hargrave, and the signal is he's down. Here is McCaffrey, right side, breaks a tackle, good shifty move, gets that, still going, McCaffrey's gonna score! Second down and five, Sanders gets it left side, big room, and a touchdown for Sanders, his second. Hurts, gonna give it to Scott, racing around the end, Scott is... Touchdown, Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. Burrow facing the heat again. And sack number four. Is it there? End zone. Caught. Travis Kelsey with the touchdown. On fourth and one. Able to seal him. Here's the pass. Oh, what a catch. Leaping into the air and pulling it down is T. Higgins. And the Bengals are an extra point away from tying the game. Higgins moving to the left side. They go up the middle with P. Ryan. The big body. Wow, and ahead for the touchdown. Here's Butker. For 45 yards. All the way. It's good. It is over. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won it. Heading to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. Highlights courtesy of Fox and CBS, and oh, God, welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you, we got Shay, we've got Jay Moore, we got you for a three-hour ride on this football Monday, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN without Chicago. Thanks for keeping the conversation going, and thanks for watching all of our shows right here on ESPN Chicago. Boy, what a terrific Sunday that we were able to have, because now the Super Bowl is set. It is the Chiefs. They're going to take on the Eagles in Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona. And for me... As a football fan, to me, it's nothing like the Final Four. How many times have we been disappointed? You get everybody together, the Super Bowl's on, and the highlight is the commercials. I mean, it's one thing to be able to love those commercials, sure, but you're there to see a good football game. It's supposed to be the best of the best, and sometimes it falls flat. I think this one's going to be good with the Chiefs and the Eagles, but how do they get there? So let's start off with Philadelphia. We just heard the highlights there on Fox with Philadelphia winning 31-7. to and so this was, to me, a pretty easy path. I, I don't want to say easy as far as just being able to just get by everybody. But I think that when you take a look at Philadelphia, the buy, the, what they were able to do to get to the Super Bowl, and then the circumstances yesterday in the conference championship game, think about this. Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts, who was not overly impressive, 
15 for 25, good for 121 yards. What Philadelphia was able to do is they ran the football well. And, Cap, when I take a look at 148 yards rushing for this Philadelphia team, I don't know how that's going to resonate against Kansas City, but I will tell you this. Philadelphia had an opportunity to win that game, especially when Brock Purdy went down. Cap. Cap. Wait a minute now. Cap, I'm asking you about Brock Purdy. Shay, why come Cap's not speaking here this morning? Does he have an issue? I think he's still in the car on his way back from Midway Airport. Oh, he's, oh, I didn't notice. I was just so locked in on the open. I didn't even look over to my right. My partner's down here. That's, that's odd. Well, late to work this morning. I understand. David Kaplan. He had a great time. <laughs> he had a great time in Kansas City. And we're going to hear those stories coming up in a little bit. But, Cap, again, your thoughts on Brock Purdy? No? You would think for someone that's making so much money, he'd have like a line into the limo that he's in right now to be able to speak on his way back to the airport. But not the case here this morning. The old car phone? It's got the long uh, wrapped cord? (laughs) Right, exactly. All right, well, you know what? We'll continue. That's what we do here. We'll continue. I do want to talk about uh, Brock Purdy because he gets injured in the game. And so Josh Johnson comes in. And so you know what that meant? meant? When Brock Purdy went down with that UCL injury and Josh Johnson had to come in, that's pretty much the fourth-string quarterback for the 49ers. Because you remember... You take a look at Brock Purdy and what he was able to do leading that game. I mean, he was fantastic. He was running that offense well, but he goes down with an injury, and all of a sudden, the carriage turns into a pumpkin for the 49ers. As good as the story was, how they were going through four, three to now four different quarterbacks to try to hold up this season, that was the end for them. As much as Christian McCaffrey can run the football for the 49ers, it just wasn't enough as the, as the Philadelphia Eagles win the game. I, I, so if, if you're a Bears fan, if you watch that first game, you had to think, okay, Jalen Hurts had a quarterback rating of 64.4, and ultimately Philadelphia saw what was going on on the other side. Josh Johnson's not going to beat you. It was his first playoff appearance in his career. He's been around since, what, 1995? It seems like Josh Johnson's been on someone's roster forever. And so he comes in there, and you just know that he can't move the, fo- the football. It just wasn't going to happen. So Philadelphia, to me, Shay, I looked at it and I said, okay, they did win 31-7. to uh, Philadelphia did score 10 points in the second half. But I'm just wondering, can they just run the football effectively against Kansas City that way? Uh, Jalen Hurts has to do a lot more, I think, in this game against Kansas City if, if the Eagles want to win the Super Bowl. 148 yards rushing for the, uh, for the Eagles was very very compelling to me, and their defense was pretty stout as well. They had to be because they looked on the other side and said, okay, the only thing we got to stop is the running game for the 49ers with McCaffrey, and they didn't have to do much. Josh Johnson could not move the football. Josh Johnson leaves, by the way, because of a concussion, and they brought Brock Purdy in. They said, Brock, what can you do? Brock said, I can't throw the ball even 10 yards. That's, that's, that's brutal. You've, think about this. You are the 49ers, and you start off with Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, and your season ends with Josh Johnson's concussion and Brock Purdy, the inability for him that you can throw the football 10 yards, that's a nightmare. It's great for the Eagles, though, because the Eagles, in which I said over the last few weeks here, I think that they're the model organization in the National Football League. I'm really impressed with them. But they went 31-7. to I just want to know, will there be more from Jalen Hurts, though? That's my question, because 
I look at those numbers this morning, like, okay, they ran the football, they had, they had to. But, Shay, I just look at it as Hurts has to do a lot more to be able to help the cause uh, of this uh, Eagles team. How about the thoughts here from Kyle Shanahan after the loss? Not happy. Uh, I was. I mean, guys are pretty down in there. We um, we were really excited for today, and we really wanted a opportunity to play that team. And not to, they they played great. Um, they did good things, but um, you know, we wish we had a little bit better opportunity than we did today. And then there's Brock Purdy with the elbow injury. We uh, getting an MRI tomorrow. Um, you know, it, it is a little swollen in the forearm area near the elbow, and um, that's all I know, man. It's a uh, still in pain obviously but just got to get the MRI tomorrow so the thoughts there from Brock Purdy and uh so before we even turn the page on the 49ers here's the question Shay so what happens with Brock Purdy what do the 49ers do at the quarterback position everything seems to be in place but as we always talk about the importance of the quarterback spot what happens then are you you rolling it back with Purdy you gonna try Garoppolo that's a big question mark or is it Tom Brady it's a perfect storm, Hoodie. It is. They, I mean, if they wanted a way out of the quarterback, the UCL injury and a dumpster loss in the in the title game feels like the perfect storm to go get Brady. Uh, that sounds like it's likely. Uh, that is for sure as we talk about this on Cap and Jay Hood here on ESPN 1000. Okay, so the other game. Wow, what a finish for Kansas City. Kansas City is going to the Super Bowl, third time in four years. Kansas City defeating the Cincinnati Bengals by a score of 23-20. to 20. So Patrick Mahomes, let's just hone on in on him just for a second. So Patrick Mahomes, you know the storyline coming in. What can he do with that ankle? Can he be able to move around? Can he be able to be a difference maker for Kansas City? Can he be able to do that? What an incredible performance by Mahomes. And I didn't know how much he could be able to run with the football, but here's what he needed to do. He needed to be able to run for that first down to help ice the game. He's right there, an opportunity to help the Kansas City's cause. 29 for 43, by the way, 326 yards on a bad ankle. This guy is the ultimate gamer. Think about this. The major issue was, could Mahomes be able to move around? Because that's part of his game. And when he needed to be able to run late in the fourth quarter, he was able to get that done. That's just so, so very impressive. Now, here's the thing. People will look at the one play at the end and say, why do you, why do you uh, push him out of bounds? Why does Joseph Asai do that? And I know that he's just trying to make a play. He's trying to do anything to try to make sure that Mahomes doesn't get that first down. But I think that when we think, look back at this game, we'll never forget Joseph Asai. We'll never forget how he pushed Mahomes out of bounds. And that really gave Butker the opportunity to win that game with the field goal. But from Joseph Asai's standpoint... He's just trying to make a play. Zach Taylor, the head coach for the Bengals, felt bad for him, and he talked about it after the game. It's hard. You know, this is emotional. We worked really hard to get here, and, um, you know, any, any play that uh, people feel like is left out there, you're, you're going to take it hard. And that, that's we want guys like that, that this means a lot to. They care about it, care about their teammates. Um, Joseph's, jo- Joseph's comes to work every day, man. He loves ball. He loves being a part of this team, and uh, it didn't come down to that play. Yeah, well, I mean, it did not come down to, that pl- down to that play, but it also did at the same time. You watch it just like I saw it. As- Asai pushed Mahomes out of bounds, and at that moment I'm watching the game and I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, if he puts a hand on him, there's going to be a penalty because you know how this works in the National Football League. 
where there's two feet in the white section on the on the sideline. And then Osai pushes him. And as and and soon as he went down, as soon as Mahomes goes down, I said, this will be the ball game right here. It's just one of those moments that you'll never forget. I feel bad for him, but then at the same time, there were some really sketchy calls there. Really sketchy calls. David in Riverwoods joins us here as we talk about this on ESPN 1000. Good morning, David. I'm just telling you. <laughs> yes, go ahead. You're telling me what? So, yeah, we're trying to make it this way downtown. I am in my car service. I have Miro driving me, and I will be there shortly. That experience at that game last night was the single best football experience I have ever had watching it in a stadium. It oh, was incredible. Also, I've never seen anything like it. Wait, hold, David. You were there. Well, tell us about the experience. Tell us about that. First of all, they were lined up at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon. 2 o'clock. There's hundreds of cars lined up to tailgate. They opened the, do- the gates uh, on su- at Sunday at 1 o'clock. We got there. There were thousands and thousands of cars tailgating. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Do you feel bad for I, Joseph? I've never seen but, anything like it. But, David, do you feel bad for Joseph Asai? That's the question, caller. That's what we're asking. I absolutely do not feel bad. He made the play. Now he's got to live with the consequences. The tears in the locker room, whatever. Hey, man, you cannot make that play in that situation. That cannot happen, period. Sir, sir are you a longtime Chiefs fan? Sounds like it. No, I'm a flipper. I became a Chiefs fan just for 24 hours. <laughs> First-time listener, first-time caller? Yes, apparently he is. Well, Dave, we appreciate your telephone call. And now you see David leaves line open. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, you heard David, uh, again, from Riverwood talking about his car service. Um, not a surprise there from David. But hopefully he'll call in uh, again. It'll be great. All right, coming up next, Cap and I are going to talk to you about the difference between greatest and best. Think about these two words. Will you ever say, hey, this player is the greatest I've ever seen? Or do you ever say, hey, this player is the best I've ever seen? We're going to talk about the difference between greatest and best. We'll talk about that coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. David? Cap and Jay Hood are back. And you know this, man. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? It's the Captain J. Hood Morning Show. On your ride in on ESPN 1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app. Glad to have you in today as we talk about what happened last night. The Super Bowl 57 matchup is set. It is Philadelphia against Kansas City. We got more NFL news. And don't forget, we got Courtney Cronin coming up at 835. But right now, with more, here's Shay Norley. Shay? All right, boys. I want to get started with some of the offseason storylines. And the one place to start for me is... Boy, the Cowboys are firing everyone except the guy at the top. Kellen Moore now, and it's 
been reported as the Kellen Moore and the Cowboys mutually decided to part ways. That, to me, is always code for you're fired. Uh, Kellen Moore and the Cowboys have mutually decided to part ways, and Mike McCarthy's sticking around to hire essentially an entirely new coaching staff after all of the assistants got whacked. So, shot or no shot, McCarthy starts to call the plays for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to say no shot. I think he's going to bring someone in that feels like he can unlock more from Dak Prescott. They're going to go get another receiver to go with C.D. Lamb, a big-time receiver. I'm going to say no shot. He calls the plays. But I do think that team has a lot of talent on it, man. It is. And it's, it to me, there's a ceiling on their success cap. What we saw in the regular season, we said, boy, ferocious defense. They just get the offense right. It's great. What happened to them? Pollard goes down, and all of a sudden the running game goes away. And it's like, wait a minute. What are you paying Ezekiel Elliott for if the running game is destroyed with Pollard out? What's, what's Zeke there for? Zeke's there to be the center at the end of the game and get de- destroyed. That's what he's there to be. I wouldn't be shocked if they moved on from Zeke. It wouldn't shock me. It's I'm, not an inabsorbable amount of money anymore either. $11 million dead cap. I'm going to hold you to that when it comes to McCarthy because right now McCarthy's just a beat cop. He's one of these guys like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm not the head coach. I'm just a CEO. I don't know if he knows how to do that. So I'll hold you to that, but I just wonder who they're going to bring in as an OC because McCarthy would love to have that playbook. He probably He'd love would. to do it. Probably right. We'll see. But we'll see, though. And, and, of course, people are going to get fired because someone's got to be accountable for all this underachievement. Everyone, Hoodie. I, the only guy left standing, I believe, is Dan Quinn, and he's likely to get a head coaching gig. No, this year? He's still being – he's among the candidates no, for the he Cardinals. he already announced he over the weekend, I think Friday, that he I mean, is staying it. in Dallas as well, the good D.C. For them. That is correct. At least you won't have to hire every position on your coaching staff. But I, I'm just – am I wrong for being surprised that McCarthy – like, I get general managers getting two coaches. McCarthy getting two entire staffs. <laughs> that, no, that is bizarre. Uh, but also equally as bizarre as Dan Quinn getting another bite at the apple when Brother Wilkes came and coach a whole season. Can't even coach two seasons in a row. Right. In the a one row. thing Dan Quinn did do, though, took a team to the Super Bowl. Again, they collapsed in the Super Bowl up 28-3. But he did have a team in the Super Bowl. Can Brother Wilkes just get a bite? Can he just coach two consecutive years without getting fired? I don't think so. <laughs> Looks like it, right? Correct. All right, Shay, what else do we have? Uh, Dolphins brought in Vic Vangio to be the offensive co- or the defensive coordinator Excuse me, next season. My question about the Dolphins hiring Vic Fangio has nothing to do with the Dolphins. We all heard Fangio was kind of attached at the hip to Sean Payton. Is Sean Payton watch over? Hmm. Well, look, McDaniels is going to stay. He's not getting fired by Miami. No, he's not going anywhere. But to underachieve. Okay, so where do you place Sean Payton? Payton would have been perfect with the Cowboys, would have been perfect with Miami, depending on the quarterback. That's still he sketchy. He would have been perfect in San Diego. San Diego? Or, uh, sorry, L.A. So what's up with that? I said, have all the doors closed? Because if I'm Sean Payton, I don't need a garbage franchise. Yeah, I don't need that. It sounds like he's going to wait another year. What's wrong with that? Right. No rush. Correct. But find find at least a good job with a quarterback that you can mold. Like if you went to Arizona, what's that? And he's going to miss a good chunk of next season. Now is the medical reports. I'm in no hurry if I'm Sean Payton. Sit on Colin Coward's couch, do a little Fox, you know, spend time with my family. Cash some checks. A little golf. Yep. When a good job opens up, people know where to find me. I'm not just going to take any job. 
Come what on. about in a year? Let me ask you a question. Bears? Yes. <laughs> what if in a I'm year in. Justin I'm Fields in. takes another step? Record's not great. Polls trades back in this draft, but he gets a little bit of 23 capital, but more in 24. Uh-huh. So they've got like three number one picks next year. And Sean, Ryan Poles. Oh, boy. You want to come in and coach Justin Fields? Bears. Oh, man. I'm in. I need a good coach to when you open up the stadium to walk in, to march right in. We're a good franchise. Look, it's Sean Payton. And, of course, the Bears can always be able to couch it and be like, Sean Payton comes home. Right. Comes back home Former to Chicago. Bear. Former Bear Sean Payton. <laughs> Spare Bear. Yeah. Here he comes. Right. <laughs> Uh, if I was the owner and I had we had that kind of money, yes, done. Let's go. Sean Payton, comes sorry, home. Matt. Appreciate everything. Ah, uh, Shay, if you were just if you were growing up in the era to be able to watch a bunch of replacement players play NFL football, oh my god! Quarterback Mike Hohensee and Sean Payton, right? And how about your buddy down at down the dial, the GN, former Bear, also a spare Bear, was he not? Yeah, Kozlowski. Kozlowski. <laughs> another, another spare bear. Right. Parlayed that into a great broadcasting career. He did. He went to a bunch of the veterans that said, I'm just trying to hang on because he was like an 11th round pick, mm-hmm. leg in a cast from surgery. They picked him, and he went to a bunch of the vets and said, are you guys cool if I keep trying to play to make the team? And they said, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. He got permission from them before wow. he did it. Yep. Spare bears. All right, Jay. Well, how about the latest from Rex Ryan on Sean Payton uh, on ESPN yesterday? He said, with the change in ownership, could Sean Payton and Tom Brady wind up in Washington? Ugh. A lot of drama around there. Uh, so you're going rep- to replace Chico? Yeah, I don't. With Sean Payton? I don't see that happening because that they haven't even finalized who's buying the team. I can't, I can't be part of that, Shay. Until I know who the owner is, and that thing needs to be cleaned up. Correct. Get that Snyder out of there, that that nonsense in Washington. I need to know who the quarterback is. I'm not, I don't have the first-round pick. I don't have a, a, a number one pick like the Bears where I can get myself a quarterback. That's not Heineke. You gotta, there's a lot of fixing that need to be done there. Correct. In, that's in, like a Derek Carr. That's, uh, what that's, oh, that's good. That's yeah. fine. What like My thought process when I heard it is, how many teams could you just – Airdrop Sean Payton and Tom Brady wrapped together. What's the result there? Like, Hoodie, I think you're of the belief as well as me. Tom Brady should probably, it's time to just go home. Yeah. If you go to Washington, it's really time to just go home. That, like, I don't yeah. need to see him in that uniform, in that town, in that stadium. I mean, he had, I don't need that. He had every opportunity to write his own storybook ending, and he just kept playing because this is what he enjoys doing. But, and, but if he wants to write it that way, that's a hell of a book at the end, though, Cap. How did you end your career on my back, looking up at the lights every single game? Yeah. You want to do that? No. You have enough money to take care of your family and your kids and their kids' kids, but he just wants to keep playing. He just uh, looked at property I was reading uh, in Miami, a house, because his kids are down there. Well, they need a quarterback, sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, just because I don't know what Tua is for the future. <sighs> All right, Shay. Well, speaking of Brady and uh, being a quarterback someplace, did Brock Purdy's injury yesterday really open the door? Is Brady a niner? 
Well, it's a great question. I would think they have. Uh, Purdy talked about how his elbow is in a lot of pain. UCL. And they think that it won't require surgery, but they're going to do the MRI today. If that says he needs Tommy John surgery, well, then that knocks him out for a year and a half, maybe. You know what? But it's not a conversation. The seventh round pick got on a heater with a good football team, especially a good defense. Yeah. All right. Upgrade the position. Correct. If you feel you're close, ask Brady to play for you for one year, a one year deal. But this whole idea about, boy, what's going to happen now with Brock Purdy? F Brock Purdy. Get out of here with that, man. Right. This whole thing with Trey Lance over here, Garoppolo over here, Purdy. I, he was nice for a few for a few weeks, Cap, but that's Garoppolo's you know, that's a free agent. Answer. He's not going to be back that's there, the I wouldn't answer. think. Come on, stop. Uh, Purdy's the answer like Zappy's the answer in New England. Correct. Come on. But get, find a real, you, you are a, a good football team that could be in the Super Bowl, but you fell short because of the quarterback. Where's Aaron going? Find one. Well, that's a good spot for him, too. Yeah, he's from up there. You feel you're close? Yeah. Go ahead and, and do it, but just don't mess around. Like, now we're going to hear this all offseason. What do the 49ers do with Brock Purdy? Sit his ass on the bench. That's what you do with him. Exactly. What? It's not a story. Purdy. To the side. Okay. Nice little story. Thanks for leading us, but you couldn't get it done. But the big question out of all of this is, what do you do with Trey Lance? Agreed. Well said. Shay, <laughs> I don't know about you, Cap, but I, if, I'm, if I'm a team, I trade three first-round picks for him. That's what I would do. Shay. Wow. <laughs> All right, boys, it's kind of eerie how similar it is in Green Bay right now to the end of the Brett Favre era, especially when you consider they were both linked to the Jets, Rodgers and Favre. Uh, this from Adam Schefter over the weekend. League sources are convinced the franchise prefers to move on from Rodgers just as it once did with Brett Favre. Basically a shot or no shot here. This time it's actually real. He's leaving Green Bay. Boy, I don't know how you swallow a $49 million, what is it, $49 million dead cap? Is I that believe it turns was? into you 15 if you prorate it after June 1st. You got the 49, that's right. So what do you do? If you do this, you're basically punting on next season, right? Yes. If you're taking all the dead cap hit, whatever that number ends up being, how are you adding more talent? Unless you think love is... The guy. What if, right. he's, what if he's good? What if he's the next Aaron? <laughs> oh, no. That would no. be insane. I'll be, I'll be screaming into a microphone. How can you go seamlessly from Favre to Rodgers to Love and never miss a beat? Right. Ah, I and would everyone who says you got to play the rookie you drafted the first year. Uh, actually, you set Aaron for three years. You set Jordan Love for four years. I mean, Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. Yeah. It's the guy at work that always complains about the job, Shay. That's who Aaron Rodgers is. I hate it here. I hate this job. I hate my bosses. I hate my teammates. God. But you keep showing up every day. That's Aaron. That's Aaron. Bitching about the team, unhappy. This has to change. He does this every year. And then all of a sudden he comes right back to the right through the doors and plays again. I'm here. I thought you hated it. I thought you hated it here. For me, I would love to have him back if I were the Packers. Bears. But I have to know... Aaron, you got to be here for minicamp, the whole deal. Yeah, he's got to take the offseason serious. Enough of this, I'm not going to do anything with you in the offseason. Then I'm going to blame everybody else when the receivers aren't ready to go with me. And that is our look around the National Football League. We'll continue with Courtney Cronin with more thoughts about what we saw yesterday as Cap continues to thaw out here from 
from Kansas City. Still, still thawing out. Still such an amazing experience. He's still cold. Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Captain Jay Hood. The Super Bowl is set. The Chiefs will play the Eagles in Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, marking Patrick Mahomes' third Super Bowl appearance in five years. Candace Parker signed with the Las Vegas Aces in free agency, ending her two-year run with Chicago. Also, Billy Donovan says Lonzo Ball is nowhere near playing. He'll make the decision whether or not he's going to play during the All-Star break. And the UIC Flames, they lose to Bradley by the score of 83-76 on Captain J. Hood. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Courtney Cronin, National Chicago Bears reporter for ESPN. I think you have to temper expectations if you are a Bears fan, just given everything that this team had to kind of undo. Breaking down the Bears and the latest NFL storylines. Team transcendent quarterback Ross is not this guy. You know, he's very legacy conscious. He wanted to go to Denver and build something and win a Super Bowl there. Courtney Cronin with Kevin J. Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Courtney Cronin covers the Bears of the National Football League for ESPN. She joins us this morning on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Courtney, good morning. How are you? I punch him up here. Hey, Courtney, how are you? Hey, guys, I'm great. How are you? What's up, Double C? We're doing well. Uh, We're just uh, going back and forth about the games that we saw yesterday. We'll start with Kansas City and Cincinnati for you, just getting your thoughts. I mean, we were talking about Patrick Mahomes. Do you, where do you place him amongst the best quarterbacks in the NFL today? Because Shea said that he's the best quarterback that he's ever seen. And keep in mind that Shea's a Patriot fan that watched Tom Brady. So where do you place Mahomes amongst the best? I mean, I, I have to agree with Shea on that. I mean, and, and it's, I think we have to look at this in eras because we, get, we fall prisoner to the moment of what we're seeing right now. And that doesn't, like, take away from the greatness that was Tom Brady during his prime and basically up and you know up through the year they won the Super Bowl in Tampa in 2020 but what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now and and looking at what he did yesterday on a hobbled ankle a high ankle sprain that usually takes players 3 weeks to recover from I mean let's think about Mac Jones and like I thought he was I thought he was dying when they took him off the field because you remember he kind of had that Paul Pierce sort of moment where his facial expression told the story after he injured his ankle and got a high ankle sprain. He was out for several weeks before he came back in to play. And Patrick Mahomes has six, seven days of, you know, in between game time. And what he was able to do, we'll remember that five-yard scramble at the end of the game, truly as like telling the story of that, of what he was, uh, just really his toughness, honestly. I mean, that's remarkable. And seeing what Patrick Mahomes did this entire season, he's the MVP. There's no denying that. And he's going to be facing another great quarterback in the Super Bowl in Jalen Hurts. I thought it was a compelling storyline this season to watch the two of them really through the month of November and then into December kind of duke it out for that award. But the magic that Mahomes can make on his own when he's not at 100% health, where he doesn't need to, you know, he can win from the pocket. And he doesn't have to be the guy who gets outside of the pocket and is constantly making throws on the run. I mean, you saw the injury pop up for him yesterday and kind of limit what he can do. And he found a way around that. And I think that that's just the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes, where 
if there is an issue in his way, he finds some sort of workaround that the normal quarterback and even the elite quarterbacks can find difficult to do. Watching that game yesterday, I was there in Kansas City. The environment is insane. But if Joe Burrow finds a way to win that game, Courtney, he's 4-0 and the last four against the Chiefs, at least two of those four in Arrowhead. Where would he rank then? Because that guy's a killer. I mean, he's a top five quarterback for sure. Uh, I know I saw I heard Keyshawn Johnson say something the other day that I vehemently disagreed with that Joe Burrow can never be the face of the NFL. I just find that so <laughs> it's so untrue because look at what this guy has done against the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that is going to the Super Bowl. And had it not been for a late hit on Joseph Osai that gave them that 15 yard penalty to set up the game winning field goal, who knows how this game would have ended. If it went to overtime, Burrow battled yesterday. I know he threw the two picks, and you know it wasn't his best performance, but he's argu- I mean, you, you've got a great era of quarterbacks right now, where it's Patrick Mahomes, the clear front runner ahead of the Jalen Hurtses, the Joe Burrows, the Josh Allens. But this changing of the guard that we saw really start a couple years ago, we're now going to start to see these guys get into their primes because most of them. I mean, Burrow's eligible for the extension this off season; he'll sign it. Jalen Hurts, eligible for the extension this offseason. He'll sign it and probably be a very handsomely played quarterback at that. Like that, I think it's a good thing for the NFL right now because the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilsons, the Tom Brady's, they're more on their way out than they are on their way in mm-hmm. in doing something that we haven't seen before. And, we've, you know, I like the battles that we see in the AFC. Hopefully the NFC can start to, you know, even things out with quarterbacks, not, not just be such a top-heavy league where you've got like two or three, whereas in the AFC, you know, those three names I mentioned, and you've got Justin Herbert in the mix too. I mean, it's a good state for quarterbacks, despite what we saw yesterday in that San Francisco game that might lead you to believe otherwise. You know, you've got five, six, maybe even seven guys who are going to be controlling this league for years to come, and Joe Burrow is very much in that mix. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what happened with Joseph Asai. It's one of these things where – you know, there's so many other opportunities for the Bengals to succeed and try to help win that ball game, including that uh, that grounding, intentional grounding on Burrow, which was just bizarre. And then, of course, the interceptions didn't help either. But of course, everyone focuses on Joseph Asai, and rightfully so. It's a, it's the play that we'll always remember, Courtney, where he's trying to make a play, and then he's he's tackling Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. Just want to get your thoughts on how this has all been handled, more so than the play, but how this has been handled because everyone's on Osai. We saw him crying on the on the bench. He feels bad about it. He's 22, and he makes a, a horrible play there because Mahomes is clearly out of bounds. How do you think? What do you think of the coverage of Osai? He was one second too late for the biggest play of his life. Like he's 22 years old, he'll learn from it. You saw a lot of raw emotion, though. From I mean, first off, he tore up his knee pretty good on that. I know after the game he said he was going to get an MRI. Mm-hmm. So literally adding injury to insult there. So we'll flip that. I mean, it was, just, it was just a bad sequence of events. And personally, and I was watching the game with my mom yesterday, and, so she, and you know, she's not like as versed in it as most of us, but she's like, what could he have done? Inertia takes over there. The man's 200-plus pounds. How do you want him? Do you want, if you if he tucks or if he stops if he pulls up, then Patrick Mahomes is potentially going to like tuck and run and stay in bounds. Like he, I don't know what more he could have done here. And I don't know. The first thing that came to mind for me with Osai in that play, 
it wasn't so egregious. He pushed him. It's not like he, you know, dove into him, tackling out, of, tackling him out of bounds, and like attempting to hurt him. He was trying to push him out of bounds. Do you guys remember when Kyler Gordon had that same thing happen to him on mm-hmm. the on the visitor sideline against, I believe it was Detroit. Yes. yes. And the big penalty there, and then I think it was the Jalen Johnson penalty, like a couple plays later, and that led to a touchdown. I just, I don't know. I feel like the NFL's kind of got to reevaluate that rule. We try to protect quarterbacks at all costs, and that's fine. But when you're thinking about the laws of physics and what you're asking people to do when they're in, ch- the ch- you know, they're, they're in pursuit, he was in chase right then, I'm not so sure he could have done anything differently. And so the way that it's been covered, I think there are some people who understand that. Of course, in the moment, and you, and you heard his teammate, Jermaine Pratt screaming at him as they're going to the locker room saying, why would you touch the quarterback on the last series? That raw emotion is is valid. But when you take a step back and look at it, you know, it's not like he was intentionally trying to do that. You're in the moment, you're going full speed. I don't honestly know what thing, what he could have done differently because again, if he doesn't make that play, Mahomes could have ducked back inside and, you know, gone it was, he picked up the first down, he could have picked up even more than that and put them in field goal range all on his own. So I, I'm in the camp where it's, uh, there are plenty more plays that you can blame the Bengals for and blame officiating for, honestly. That was one of the worst officiated games we had seen when you go back to that third down and the replay on third down because the play clock started and it wasn't supposed to and somehow they couldn't hear the field judge trying to say something about it. It's, you can't boil it down to that one play as the reason that the Bengals lost. We want to talk Bears with Courtney, so we will find out the latest goings-on with Ryan Poles and his staff and more around the NFL with Courtney Cronin. That's coming up next on Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000. We're going to continue our conversation with Courtney Cronin and talk more about the NFL playoffs. That's coming up next here on Cap and Jay Hood here on this Monday morning. Hey, do you watch every game? Do you know all the players? Do you study the stats? Do you listen to announcers and you think you can do better? If you want to be a color commentator, play-by-play announcer, producer, analyst, or want to work in one of the hundreds of positions in the sports media field, the time is now. Illinois Media School Lombard and its broadcasting program gives you the hands-on training that you need from professors with industry experience so you can learn and graduate from the sports broadcasting program in eight short months. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to call this number, 630-916-1700, 630-916-1700 for Illinois Media School Lombard. Or go to the website, beonair.com. It's beonair.com. As I always say, go to that website, schedule a tour, find out if it's for you. Financial aid available, flexible class hours as well. Check it out, beonair.com for Illinois Media School Lombard. Jay Moore. You're listening to Captain Jay Hood. Follow the show on Instagram at the Catman and at IGJ Hood. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. As we talk about what happened yesterday with the National Football League week, the Super Bowl 57 matchup is set. Eagles and Chiefs. Ten years ago, I guess, yes, ten years ago, right? It was Andy Reid as the head coach for Philly. It was fired by Philly. Correct. And now look at him. Look at him. Who's who's more of the model franchise, according for you? Is it the Eagles or the Chiefs? I've I've been leading the Eagles and Howie Roseman for quite some time. But uh, what about you, between those two? The model franchise that you like the most. 
I mean, the way that the Eagles, like, retooled and restructured their roster after 2017 and making it to the Super Bowl, and then a couple years later in 2020, they were kind of at rock bottom in the NFL. They end up firing Doug Peterson after that season. They have a quarterback switch. I The way that they've gotten back to this stage of the game, because I covered that last NFC championship game when it was in Philadelphia during the 17th season, I... I just think that they've got it. They've got the right model right now. I mean, because I remember the years where Kansas City, when I was covering the AFC West, like their come up, and they were terrible for years. I mean, you got to think about all of those like early 2010s Kansas City teams that were not very good. And once you get the quarterback position right for both teams, we can see this very clearly. Like it makes things a lot easier, and especially when you have a quarterback in both cases where you can win with them on their rookie deals. The Chiefs did it with Patrick Mahomes in 2018. The Eagles are, you know, a game away from doing it with Jalen Hurts. And I, I think both teams have certainly done a terrific job of roster construction, and certainly some of the moves that they've pulled off in free agency. I mean, you look at how not having Tyreek Hill has not affected Patrick Mahomes this year, but um, my, my, I'll probably give the upper hand at least right now just because of how frequently they've been able to do it after going through a very quick rebuild in Philly. I give Philly the upper hand. So let's talk about the Chicago Bears because, you know, we know how far the gulf is. They're the worst team in the NFL. They're picking one for a reason. Two, we're down to the final two teams in the Super Bowl. Do you think Ryan Poles is looking, because I keep hearing from people I trust, He's looking to get draft capital not only this year, but he wants picks in 24 so that maybe he could move up or, if they don't have a great season, get Marvin Harrison Jr., who looks like he's the best receiving prospect to come along in eons. What do you think his plan is? Quick contention, win eight, nine games if he can in 23? Or, no, it's a slower rebuild, but he's trying to build it for long-lasting success? Yeah, I mean, I think the deliberate part of the rebuild uh, in his approach is we've seen it so far. I don't see why he would stray from that plan. And, you know, the draft capital for him, I remember sitting in the the Nunn-Wooten Scouting Fellowship is something that takes place every year in the NFL where they give people, either former players or people who want to get into scouting, they give them a look uh, at how to do it through internships and, you know, meetings with, you know, league executives. And I actually got a chance to sit in on a session with Poles back in two, the summer of 2021 when he was um, he was still with Kansas City at that point in an EVP role of, of, I think he was a DPP at that point. But nonetheless, one of the first things I took away from Ryan Poles long before I got to know him with the Bears is that he was going to build through the draft and that he his college scouting background was going to you know, be what leads him to building a roster. And doing that, you have to have him you know draft capital, which is why we saw at the deadline, him offload Roquan Smith, offload Robert Quinn, and, and get draft picks back in the process. Now, as it pertains to what they do at one this year, I know that you've seen a lot of mock drafts. You know, Mel Kuyper just put one out, and he has them actually taking Jalen Carter at one. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but in an ideal world, Poles is able to trade back and not only you know move around in the first round this year, but get that 2024 first rounder in the process because – the more first-round picks you have, and if you can become a good team in the process of that, where it's not that you're drafting high up in the first round because of you know a poor record, it's because of the planning that you do a year, two years before that. That's going to make you. That's going to 
create a better roster. So I think that that's probably where he's eyeing it. You know, get more as much draft capital as you can. But if if the offers aren't there, ones that he wants, he's going to end up staying at one. Like I can't, you can't fault him for doing that as, as well and getting a player who can be an immediate impact player for the Bears next season. You know, you are right, Courtney. When you talk about how bad the officiating was. In the AFC title game. So Ron Torbert was asked by Ben Baby from ESPN, uh, from ESPN.com who covers the Bengals. He goes, first off, can you just explain the ruling that led to the replayed third down? And Torbert, the official, says on the previous play, there was an incomplete pass. We spotted the ball, but the line judge came in and he respotted the ball because the spot was off. We reset the play co- clock. Uh, and then the game clock started running. It should not have started running because there was an incomplete pass on the previous play. The field judge noticed that the game clock was running. He was coming in to shut down the play so we can get the clock fixed, but nobody heard him, and then the play was run. After the play was over, he came in, and we discussed that he was trying to shut down the play before the, the ball had been snapped. So we reset the game clock back to where it was before that snap and then replay the third down. That's just Horrible. Horrible. Unbelievable. Yeah. And Ron Torbert was on the, he led the officiating crew last year in the Super Bowl. Remember that late DPI call that was the stupidest call that we saw in that game, a game that had several questionable ones that when the, um, when the Rams were in the red zone and that led to their go ahead touchdown, like late in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Same, same, same officiating crew. So it might be a common news Hold on a second. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Breaking news here on Captain J. Hood. We turn it over to intrepid reporter David Kaplan. We have sad news. The Daily Herald is reporting two, clo- two sources close to former Blackhawks superstar Bobby Hall confirmed he has died this morning at the age of 84. One of the great athletes in the history of Chicago sports. Bobby Hall gone at the age of 84 just celebrated a birthday on january the third so yeah so uh the passing of bobby hull wow now this is your era cap and of course we've known him as an ambassador and around the organization for quite some time there were a lot of people who felt if you did a mount rushmore of the four best in chicago sports history at one time there were people that would put bobby hull on that list i don't think that's still accurate but he was an amazing, amazing hockey player, and coming back into the Blackhawk organization was a huge thing at that time in 2010. Yeah, you know, I guess before the championship run for the Blackhawks, I, you're right, Hull would probably be on that Mount Rushmore, but because of the championships and the greatness of Taves and Kane, it's advanced more because I would have put Hull up there with, you know, for me, my era of Blackhawks hockey is the, the Savard era, mm-hmm. the Sagwa Fair, uh, Larmer, Secord, uh, Savard, Orville, Tessier teams. Correct. Those are the teams that I remember in the 80s. Correct. The 80s and the 90s. But Bobby Hull left to go to play in the WHA, mm-hmm. the Winnipeg Jets, and then ended up coming back to the Blackhawk organization in 2010. But, yeah, sad news. He was always great to me to deal with. He was always accommodating for autographs for fans. Uh, but Bobby Hull has died this morning, according to the Daily Herald, at the age of 84. Coming up next, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are going to the promised land. Is this the blueprint for success for the Bears and Justin Fields? We'll talk about that in two minutes. Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports.